Welcome back, Apprenticeship Diary listeners. This is There's an Energy, part two of our time with the awesome, fabulous, magical DJ Chuck Nunn. Welcome to the Apprenticeship Diaries, where raw meets refined. Let's be real, we're still working on refined. <laughs> what it took, what it takes, and the stories that are made. Join us as we learn from professionals about how their stories begin. that you think this way which by the way everybody should know that chuck and i really started hanging out we met before this but we we had a podcast before this one so the way that worked out yeah is i was was following the other amy on uh social media because we had um common friends from back in the day um and i saw she was doing a podcast and on the podcast i'm like oh shit let me give this a listen and i listened to it and i was like i know these people i bet they would let me help them make it better and then i was like (laughs) What a fun thought for you to have. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now, I'm talking Jeez, like suck. sound audio wise. I was like, this is awful. I can, I can, I can be of value to these people. And I want this that experience. So, yeah. <laughs> but no, but like, you know, that's not to say anything. Um, I miss that. I'm not podcast. trying to say anything negative I will say. about it because that was, I love that you two were like, Hey, let's do this thing. We have no high, no idea how to do it. Let's figure it out. That's punk rock. You know what I mean? I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's me entirely. Like, yeah. I I don't know how to do it. Um, but what I didn't do was come in and, you know, comment on the social media and be like, this sounds like shit. You guys should fix this. I said, this is great. Can I come right. help? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's a good way to, like, you know, inform people about how to come into something is mm-hmm. that you're probably not going to get anybody great if you don't lead with a compliment Mm -hmm. in any critique Mm -hmm. um you can pretty much say a lot of things after you give an initial Mm -hmm. this is great yeah and tell me what you like about it and what i liked about it is your stories were real um (laughs) and you know what i mean and and her and i have a nice yin yang kind of dynamic too because um and I, I'm not even sure because Bad past tense. I know but we still do. I mean, I, I can't imagine Amy's any different than she was. You Amy's know? always like, Amy. Yeah, Amy's always Amy. Yeah, you know. But I mean, it's a constant. She doesn't. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. She's her person, and yeah. that's what's great about her. I mean, that's why I, I contacted her because I knew she would be um, my clutch friend. She would be my my mm-hmm. go-to clutch friend. But it was a relationship podcast, mm-hmm. and I was in the dating world. And before mm-hmm. I met Rico, that's yeah. what we did. It was very interesting that we were, you know, you were recently single, and let's make a podcast about being single. And then two weeks later, she meets Rico. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Come on, now. It was a little longer. And that's the way. That's the way Cupid, the fates, the world, the mm-hmm. universe. That's the way it works. You say, you know what I mean. You say, yes. Look how single I am, and it says, oh yeah. Well, like, <laughs> how single are you? <laughs> I knew that was the potential. The, the yeah. bummer was is that like I really wanted to to do something about like, you know. Uh, tattooing in Mm. some way or some kind of professional thing just because that's always been a thing for me is that like when you don't have to make something that's on the side Mm -hmm. and you can integrate like when I travel I travel for work because I always like integrate like a couple days to like wander around and play Mm -hmm. in that area but I like not leaving what I'm doing Mm -hmm. I like to constantly be doing what I'm doing just because I feel like 
in that I'll never need a vacation. Mm -hmm. I'll never need to, you know, uh, I don't know. I just don't get the whole need to, to disconnect for any one reason. I just, I like the idea of, of bringing everything in and kind of making an overall piece just because I feel like it all brings attention back to a, a localized source. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, this was about tattooing, but then I was like, it's really more of like learning and entrepreneurial, mm -hmm. you know, journeys in itself. And also... I'm quite pleased that it's gone on as long as it has because as far as like actual journaling, I start one and then it's like 10 mm -hmm. pages I do and then it like it's a whole book that never gets filled after that point and then mm -hmm. I'll start another one. I'm starting to journal now though, but like this has been an audio journal. Like mm -hmm. that I can I can attest to. I've left a journal of some kind. It's not written. It could be. I could put it through a, you know, a a thing that what do you call it? Translates it. And, mm -hmm writes it down for me but uh, a transcript app or something but I I like the idea of cataloging I don't know when it really occurred to me to want to do this but I love the idea of legacy like my dad always talked about it and I just think that that's so powerful and especially now that um, there's all these tools to be able to do it like yes there's the physical art which you know I'm and you're much like this too. Like if you perform live for somebody, you affect souls. Mm -hmm. Like you reach souls. That's an experience that mm -hmm. people have that nobody else can have. Like they can listen to your music on a recording, but that one performance can never happen again. Mm -hmm. And that's really powerful. And it's the same with tattoos mm -hmm. too. And then it dies with that person. It's never again. Um, and nobody will ever know the magic that happened in that space. So I really like that. And then I like the 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 little trinkets that you can make that are, you know, may or may not last, you know, but they're physical form. Mm -hmm. But then I also liked the confrontation of this digital media and trying to hack it because I don't see it ever slowing down. Mm -hmm. um, but it just has so much reach and so much potential to hook people. And like you said, if it can make this seem more accessible, you know, I mean, yeah, you had your circumstances where mm -hmm. you were in, the, you were in the apartment, you couldn't practice mm -hmm. and you got knocked, knocked back to general music, but that ended up being more of a path. Yeah, exactly. You know? It all worked out the way. Right. The, the best. Right. Yeah. And so the relationship thing, I felt like that was something I've always struggled with, which is why I thought it would be a great podcast because mm -hmm. I am, Super There's clueless. gonna be some drama here, <laughs> <laughs> and everybody loves drama. Right, and it's a a wheel we have not. If we've invented it, we keep reinventing mm -hmm. it, um, and and breaking all the rules and trying again. I don't know why, but I don't I don't get it. Um, I'm trying, but yeah, the 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 relationship podcast was super fun. I I do miss it a lot. Because it was a neat thing because what we would we would always do it in person. Mm -hmm. We never it was it's been hard for me as a person who likes what we're doing right now, because Chuck's here, mm -hmm. his wife's here, mm -hmm. you know, Rico's here, we're all here. I like this. You know, to me this is magic. It's it's like the performance space. Yes. There's an energy. But um I to use it using Zoom, that has been a whole other yeah. thing. I mean, you can watch a live stream of a concert, but yeah. it is not the same as yeah. being there. No. Yeah. Same with the classroom, like mm -hmm. learning. I, I don't like learning virtually. Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of children, you know, 
over the past couple of years could probably affirm that too, mm-hmm. is that it's, it's vastly different, a lot harder. Um, there's just a really cool energy, like you said, that happens when you're physically there and you're able to immediately bounce off of something. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, every, in you know, my belief, every person is carrying their own energy with them everywhere they go. Mm-hmm. And every uh, time they interact with another human, those energies come together in whatever form that they yeah. make. So, yeah, yeah, it's, I don't, I don't know that the digital experience can recreate that. I mean, I've had some Reiki specialists and like energy healers tell me that it, it can transcend if, if, um, cause I have had that, like you have really good conversations mm-hmm. that are just audio that are, mm-hmm. and you can feel a person, which is why I like mm-hmm. voices and audio because, um, there's something in the inflection of a mm-hmm. voice. You can hear like smiles. I'm not saying it's non-existent. It's no, just but different. It is. It, but yeah. I think there's something about like the. Anybody need another beer? I don't know what it is. There's less anxiety when you're with somebody, at least mm-hmm. for me. Because I like, I feel like if you're here, it's all okay. Whereas if we're not here, we then have to deal with the me- the medium itself, the yeah. digital thing. That's there's not a working. there's some like constriction or roadblock that you're gonna have to get yes. through. Or yes. hope that it's worth. Thank you. Absolutely, and same thing with like you know just creation. Like like you said, it fills the room. Like that was an awesome sound. That's a great sound clip <laughs> yes. right there. I think I was talking during it though. There's a now. Man. He's very polarizing figure, but I will tell you that there's this one Justin Bieber song where they used a can popping as part of oh, the song. I love that. And I was like, say what you will about Justin Bieber, but the producer who produced this track for him, that can pop is awesome. It's brilliant. I'll think of the song in a minute, but it was it was popular for a little while. Bye, headphones. Sorry, I just uh, talked with my hands and killed the headphones. All right. But anyway, yeah, camp pops are great. I love it all. We're getting all of this. Um, but no, and that's that's honestly been the fun that I've been having with it, like just playing with transitions and mm-hmm. stuff between – and then thinking about fun ways that I can, can um, uh, record commercials and stuff. Uh, that's been interesting. It's still not streamlined. I still am way too wordy with it. But um, you've always given me really good advice with that too. Like mm-hmm. that, you were you're a good director. Like you said, you're a good second. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You always gave mm-hmm. great advice about it and just knew how to isolate what needed. And that's why you're a great yeah. editor too. It's good because you just you. you know you knew what to cut out. Yeah. Um, what was you know superfluous? Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean, like yes. a, when you're making a production as a podcast is one of a, you know. You want to make it, keep it like, like they always say, um, um, uh, like keep it concise or, you know what I mean? Like, um, only give them the most important parts. You know what I mean? The stuff that it wouldn't be the same without. Right. And being able to like recognize that stuff. Yeah. It's all part of it. Well, yeah. And it's, it's important when it's a, I mean, for me, it elevates the more it's commercial. Like. Mm -hmm. More commercial it is, the more needed it is to yeah. sell and hook right away. Yes. Um, 
which is why these are three hours long. Because <laughs> I don't. It's still free. <laughs> you know, like I think. I mean, I don't know if it'll ever not be. I mean, I I like the long form, and I like the. I mean, I've know. been listening to podcasts ever since I got an iPod, and I don't know that it can be anything other than free because, for one, so many other podcasts are free. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to be really, you got to be really, really good, and probably beyond the scope of just a podcast to get somebody yeah. to pay anything for it. Yeah, like even Rogan, like yeah, nobody's paying anything more. You know what I mean? Everybody already had a Spotify account, yeah. and now that's where you have to listen to Rogan. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's but nobody's paying an extra dollar no. just to hear Rogan. You know what I mean? No, nope. they either were already listening to it, or we're never going to. Yep. And mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's you know it's just economics of the thing. It kind of sucks because you know that's it's hard to make a if you want to help make yourself money or keep that sustainable. It's a little bit harder than just telling people you have to pay to get it. Mm-hmm. It's the same with music now. Like, yep. I'm to the point where, we're like, what's the point of pressing a physical album? Aww. You know what I mean? That's like, sad. I don't know. Even if it's sad, it's just the, the dynamics have changed. You can yeah. either, you know, collect up a pile of songs and release them all together. Right. Or write a freaking song and once you finish it, release it. Right. That's what, you know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah. I always thought like uh, that. Uh, I think know, it's sad. If I were having, I think it's sad. I don't know. Because it because I don't a, know. If it's sad. It's just it to me. It's not sad. It's just different. If like that's your if that's the way you love it, then like yeah, it can be sad. Well, it's happy only in just that I did hate it when I bought an album because of one song I had yes. heard and then the rest of the album sucked. Yes. That's sad, but. There is, Most 90s bands. There is not. There's a, not just 90s. Let not me tell just you, 90s. Like, there's a lot of them. There's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot. We've had one hit wonders ever since. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. There's very many bands that you only know them because of one song. And you've never heard another song they've ever written. Chumbawamba. Exactly. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. It has in itself, it's the album in itself is, is the art. Where yeah. Yes. Some it's albums are truly great. combination of everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and reading good, but... that internal cover, like the mm-hmm. internal pamphlet that they had with CDs that like was an art form in itself. Well, you, we've lost that tactile yeah. piece of it. Yeah. yeah. But if you're going to give me a whole... If you're you're right. gonna, it's not necessarily better or worse, but it's different. If you're going to give me a whole album insert and you don't bother to put lyrics in there, go fuck yourself. Yeah. That's how I feel. No, I agree yeah. with you. And you know what I mean? I wanted those lyrics to be in yes. there. Because like, I could just sit there with that and read the lyrics. Yes. Well, there's a lot of songs you don't... Uh, to this day, I don't know what they're mm-hmm. saying. I, I kind of well, like... Well, I mean... Cannibal Forbes. I'll, yeah. make, I'll make it up. <laughs> but like Kurt Cobain was one of the worst defenders and, mm-hmm. you know, never mind, did not include the lyrics. Mm-hmm. You had to buy the Lithium single. That was mm-hmm. interesting back then. The Nevermind yeah. album did not come with the lyrics, just a bunch of pictures. Gotcha. And he kind of sang unintelligibly sometimes and used words in an order that didn't make any sense at all because, you know what I mean? You'd be like... yeah. Wait, did he just say that? Those words make no sense together in that order. And then you did get the lyric books and you're like, oh, he did sing those words in that order. Yep. And <laughs> um, I, I mean, that was his art. That was his style. Yeah. But yeah, you had to buy the Lithium single and that recluded all the lyrics to the Nevermind album. Yeah. Which I, th- I always thought was different the first time I seen it. It's like For me, it's something about like just the instant gratification of it. Um, 
which is why I like things that are long because mm. I feel like I, I've been approached by people who wanted me to like interview TikTok stars and I'm mm. like, I don't want to just because I'm I, not that I wouldn't interview them or if it wouldn't, but if, if it's got, it was the whole thing, like setting it up mm-hmm. was this very fast paced, you know, like let me bombard you and let me just accost you whenever. Are we making a podcast or a TikTok? Just any of them. You know what I mean? Like, like that's yeah. where I would be like, like, yeah. if we're going to interview a, a, a TikTok star, right. it's going to be like a long form interview. It's right. not going to be a TikTok video that we're going to do in three minutes. Right. You know, you know, this isn't TikTok for featuring the right. Apprenticeship Diaries. This is the Apprenticeship Diaries featuring this TikTok star. Right. That's the only way I think you could ever do it. Well, like, then that's, it's not. Yeah, that's what I was standing by. I was like, this is my art. You're coming mm-hmm. into my art mm-hmm. and you're submitting a diary entry, right. basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the thing is that the pace that they were used yeah. to was so yes. expedited and so invasive yeah. that I was like, no. I don't think we're a good fit. And it was also, too, that, like, I don't think your crowd is going to be my crowd. Mm-hmm. Like, your crowd is used to, like, rapid, fa- you know, fire, like, mm-hmm. these little excerpt kind of things yeah. that they um, enjoy. Unless, once again, you get so big that you're transcending that whole medium. Yeah, uh, I maybe. I don't know any talk- TikTok stars are yet. I don't know. I don't know if they will. They're kind of mm-hmm. like, you know... Rightly so, not really allowing for a lot of TikTok because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's kind of a security breach. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like the I I uh, I mean, this is a lot about me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, back to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so what? Uh, well, you were you were in the military. Mm-hmm. How did that fuse with music? Did you play music when you were? Uh, yeah, I I did. But just by myself. Okay. That was uh, another... Um, so, yeah. In high school, that's when I started figuring out, you know, wanting to be in bands and then starting being in bands with people. Um, and then, like, I was learning... I started on the guitar. But what I've done the most is bass guitar. And how that happened was, you know, always wanted to be in a band. So, I was always getting a band together um, and having a band and one time, and every band has to have certain things. You need to have a drummer, a guitar player, and singer. You also need a bass player. Mm-hmm. So in one band, the bass player decided he didn't want to be in a band anymore. So I was like, fuck. <laughs> we can't be a band without a bass player. Somebody's got to play bass. Yeah. Fuck it. I'll play the bass. Right. And so I started playing the bass because I wanted to have a band, and the band has to have a bass player. Yep. Um, and then I realized that like I turned out, to be more valuable as a bass player because everybody and their brother and their mom are a guitar player. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, so, and they can't all be in bands without bass players. I personally think the bass player, if I were to analyze personality, mm-hmm. if we were to attach personality to every person in the band, the bass player is the best. Like, if you're going to date anybody, date the ba- bass player. Everybody I don't else, say I could disagree with you. Yeah. Everybody else is a, it's a mixed bag. Yeah. <laughs> and it could yeah. be really bad. Especially lead guitars. Player, lead guitars can be unbelievably the bass player is <laughs> The bass player is accustomed to not being the center of attention. Yes. Like, he's accustomed to being a good yep. number two, a supporting character. Mm-hmm. I'll um, have slap. Yeah. Yep. Well, and it's a hard thing to do too because you're not doing melody, so you're 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 hitting certain parts of it that are very essential, but you're, are not. The, you know, the job of the bass player is to bring the worlds of rhythm and melody together. Yes. Because 
The bass player and the drummer always have to be best friends and be on page yeah. together. That's the yeah. foundation. And the drummer is the second one that I would say it could be a mixed bag. Yeah. Bass player also, but the drummer. Drummers can go either way. Yes. Like he can either be animal from the Muppets. Jen's like no. Or he. Can, <laughs> I've I've met very little, and I'm sorry for all of the lead singers and 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 I mean I haven't met many, but I've just met you and I've thought yeah you know I like your music. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's about it. Like we don't have to hang out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But bass players, Um, they're they're quality people. Like you said, they they're not. They're just uh, they're solid and they they fit that that very essential piece of music mm-hmm. um, and like you said they're not they're not part of the limelight. It's that kind of thing that like you can't you don't always recognize hearing the bass in the mm-hmm. song you're listening to, but if it wasn't there, you would notice something is yep. very wrong. Yes. Yep. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> very yes. wrong. Yes, I would imagine the the drum wouldn't feel as good. I, like I you know. said, treble too high. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, totally. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm glad we're having this conversation because I think I'm able to. It's weird. I'm able to visualize mm-hmm. a little bit more. Yeah. It's very strange how yeah. my brain works with like in learning. Well, yeah, I pre- I'm glad you said that because yeah. I mean you're you know a visual artist, mm-hmm. so trying to it it I like being able to to explain how music is the. It's just like visual art, it's yeah. put with your ears. Yeah. And I like that you can, you're, you're recognizing that and seeing those, like, you know, throughout my life, I've, you know, seen the similarities between, like, music and everything else, because, like, my whole lens in the entire world now, I guess, goes through music. Every right. Everything is music and a vibration of sound waves or something yeah. like that. Well, no, and I, I, um, I that's how I learn. I know it pu- It puts a lot of people off because it's almost like I'm questioning them, but mm-hmm. that's how I learn is like just trying to uh, hear it, have a conversation mm-hmm. about it, break it down in ways that I understand it. And right. then, you know, yeah. you're, you're looking for ways to make it um, click. <laughs> yeah. Make it sound, try to understand it in a way that's familiar to yeah. you. Yeah. But I almost feel like with with discussing it like this, I'm I'm understanding it more because that makes a lot more sense about the bass player. Honestly, mm-hmm. um, I always thought it was amazingly hard because a lot of them still have to sing. Oh yeah, that's one thing I still can't right. do unless we're talking like a super simple bass line. Right. That I don't have to do much to, but if I'm, you know, trying to keep a groove and fit it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Then it's really hard to do. But yeah. if I'm playing uh, punk or metal, that's different. Like, the, the job of the bass is a little bit different. Yep. Yeah, you know what I mean? When you get one scream, like everyone's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if I'm just playing a root note because that's what the song calls for, like root eighth notes, if that's all you got to play because that's what the song calls for, yep. you can sing all day long. Yeah. But if I'm trying to keep a groove with a drummer in a chord progression and a scale, like... Some people can do it. Like, Getty Lee is like the prime... Getty Lee of Rush. Yeah. The lead singer of Rush. That makes the mo- sense. One of the most technically skilled bands ever to, like, yep. step on a stage. He plays the bass in Rush and sings in Rush all at the same time. And that that should That's be recognized incredible. as a, a, a feat. It is right now. Yeah. A feat of, <laughs> of an exceptional human. <laughs> yes. Huge prowess. 
Yeah, because I mean, you know, it's pretty much like uh, tapping your head and yeah. rubbing your stomach. But then there's uh, <laughs> yeah. Let Me Kill Mister from Motorhead, who is a bass player and singer. All right, but you wouldn't say that he's a technically proficient bass player. Right. But uh, Lemmy was all about rock and roll. It was a punk rock attitude towards rock and roll. That's right. what he wanted to play. Yep. That was the art he was presenting. He was doing the job that the Motorhead bass player and singer yep. in Motorhead needed to do. Yep. You know what I mean? He wasn't going to be playing Rush songs. Yeah. Because that wasn't his job. Mm-hmm. And, there's, and there was a need... For both Motorhead and Rush in the world of music. Yep. And and also, by the same token, Getty Lee would not make a very good frontman and bass player for Motorhead. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So. Um, well, and it's cool when you can be versatile like that. Yeah. You know? And, uh, well, I mean, it's like we said, like with music, it can be versatile like that. Mm-hmm. But I do think that when you have a soul or a spirit of, like, what you want to produce... That's when it's hard because mm-hmm. when you're coming together as a band, mm-hmm. you know. The word, yes. <laughs> this will all lead into how I became a wedding DJ. Oh, yeah. But yes, being in a band <laughs> is like being married to four dudes mm-hmm. who all wanted to go their way. Yes. You know what I mean? Like when it comes together and you all have ideas and write a song, write songs together and it all works and everybody's on the page, same page, it's absolutely magical and there is nothing else in life that can recreate it. Right. But, like, if everybody's not on the same page and you've got ideas of things that you want to, you want everybody else to do along with you, but they don't see it that same way, it can be frustrating. Um, so, you know, I was in a band, and, and not that, like, I love playing with all those dudes and still would at any time if, if one of them called me up. <clears throat> still do. Every now and again, they'll call me up, hey, can you come fill in? Can you play this gig? Oh, that's awesome. And I will do it all the time. Hello, Diary listeners. Now, I know that not all of you are tattoo artists out there, but for any of you that are really interested in the arts, what I can tell you is is that as you climb and reach and scale your goals, you will always need a place for continuing education. And this podcast is very fortunate to be able to offer a 10% off discount on a subscription to Reinventing the Tattoo. Now, this is not, you know, just for tattoo artists. This is if you want to keep scaling your art environment as reinventing the tattoo is all very, very based in fundamental art, uh, foundational techniques, and just repetitive drawing investments all the time. So I cannot recommend it enough. This podcast can't recommend it enough for that discount. This is the link you want to go to. HTTPS colon backslash backslash reinventingthetattoo.com backslash apprenticeship diaries. Again, HTTPS colon backslash backslash reinventingthetattoo.com backslash apprenticeship diaries. With that code, you will get 10% off a year subscription. It is such a great wealth of knowledge. I cannot say enough. So go check it out. Do yourself a favor and turn that notch up on everything that you got going. Thanks, Diary listeners. Back to our podcast. Um.
But at the same time, um, once that band broke up and I was looking for something else to direct my musical energy into, um, the idea of wedding DJing came in. And that's very different because when I'm being a wedding DJ, I am, I'm the only guy. Like, it's well, all on me. I don't have, I'm not waiting for three other guys to show up on, at the same time and do the things that need to be done. Wait a minute. There's a lot in that. Did I skip something? I think so. Okay. Because, like, the fuck weddings? Yeah. Like, because well, oh, you could DJ a lot of things. Yes. But why can. weddings? Because weddings pay money. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah. For what? So, like, being That's essential that, because yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I. I've known a lot of audio engineers yeah. who are like, like, they won't do anything. I dated one. Yeah. He wouldn't do anything recorded. He's like, I like live. And I was like, well, your live shit. Yeah. Doesn't pay the bills. <laughs> yeah. Well, not like, you know what I mean? I can't. If that's what he's into, and that's. I wasn't against him doing it. To me, that. if that's what a person wants to do, and if that's the only thing they want to do, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but there's also nothing wrong with uh, putting your ego aside and trying to make other people happy and them agreeing to give you money to make them happy. There's well, nothing the, wrong with that either. Well, and the benefit to that. Mm-hmm. As opposed to him, is that you're exposed constantly to different circles. Yeah. So there's lots of opportunity yeah. within doing a really good job for something like that. Mm-hmm. To where if you get recognized as somebody out in that venue, mm-hmm. that's why I always like. It, it's not even about ego. It's just, I mean, maybe it is about ego, but it's it's also like, okay, do what you want to do. I never was against him doing that, but it was about like, do what you do, but put yourself in alignment with the other things that you're doing mm-hmm. that'll bring more back. Like I said, I like to mm-hmm. integrate any everything. So like if I can't see this integrating, then I I, I wouldn't pick this job over this job. But mm-hmm. he was waiting tables and then doing audio at night. And and they didn't really integrate past him knowing a lot of bartenders, which is great for him, mm-hmm. but and a lot of nice eat spots. But and people who would come and out and see the show potentially to hang out. Mm-hmm. But a lot of them were getting, you know, in for free or hookups or whatever. So it was all this like, you know, I'm going to hook you up. Nothing really equivocated to anybody elevating themselves past where they were. Mm-hmm. And so for me with like DJing, and that's why I suggested it was like, you're putting yourself in a service. Yes, it pays well, but mm-hmm. also you're integrating with a whole experience where you meet photographers, mm-hmm. you meet planners. Uh, planners. planners is the most important. Oh my God, planners! You meet you, you just Ven- meet the a, people who run the venues. You know a florist, the videographers, you know, right? Like there's all these different yeah. little mm-hmm. things that equivocate to it, and so it's, it's being part of it. It's also yeah. like it's interesting because you're being part. You're you're your own singular thing, running your own operation, and mm-hmm. it's responsible for every part of what you're bringing to the, the party but you're also part of a team yeah like the dj is the part of the team with the photographer and the videographer because as the dj you're like you know when it's time to do the first dance or the toasts yeah you're the one who's going to initiate that because mm-hmm. you have the microphone yeah um and uh you know one important thing for a wedding dj to know is you should make sure that your photographer and your videographer are ready for those very important moments, once-in-a-lifetime moments for your client is about to happen. They should know so they're ready. Because there would be nothing worse than uh, starting the, 
you know, the toasts, but the photographer and the videographer aren't in the room and don't know what's happening. Exactly. You've now ruined your client's photos and videos because you didn't make sure the whole team was right. ready to go. Yeah. Um, you know, which is one thing a DJ should always... There's going to be a planner at a lot of weddings. Right. And that person is... They're awesome because they're in charge of making sure everybody's working together. Right. If you have a planner, like, that's what they're in charge of. Mm -hmm. But if you get to a wedding that doesn't have a planner... It, the DJ is kind of the planner now. Yeah. You know, because you're controlling the timeline and when things happen. Because right. you have the microphone and everybody's going to listen to what you say. Yeah. Just like Adam Sandler said in the movie. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, well, and I, I feel like that yeah. probably does stem from, like, having tried and been in a lot of bands where mm -hmm. nobody works together. Mm -hmm. And then being like, screw it. Yeah. <laughs> gotta... This would be a great idea and I think people would love it, but everybody else doesn't want to do it. So right. we don't do it now. Exactly. You know what I mean? I can't. I might think this song might be, I think people would love if we played this song this way. But if nobody else agrees with you, you can't force them to learn those parts yep. and play that song. But, and then in the flip side, it's the DJ is like, I think this song might work for this crowd. It might not, but it might. I'm going to try it and see if it works. Yeah. And then it's on you. And like, then you know, it's immediate response. Like, did that work or not? But you didn't have to convince somebody else mm -hmm. to go out on a ledge with you. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, and when it comes to DJing, like you were saying about, there's a level, there's like, if you just want to do the thing you want to do and you don't want anybody to tell you what songs you have to play or, you know, what you're expected to play, you can play in your bedroom all day long. If yeah. you get real good and meet the right people, you could probably even go to a club and only yeah. play the songs you want to play. Yeah. Um, even I mean, then, EDM is kind of the, yeah, you, you know. Can try, you can go that route and some people have and are very successful at it yeah uh it's one way to go and there's nothing wrong with that like if you are dead set on you're not gonna play uh um freaking shout it you know what i mean yeah if you don't want to play a line dance and you're never going to dj that you can do that in your in you know your own world but when somebody hires you to do stuff you know what i mean and it, like you, you got to do that your job is to make them happy yeah um, and also, it's a very cool challenge to me, like because right. if you've ever, I'm sure you've done art exercises where they give you a constraint. You know what I mean? Put mm -hmm. you in constraints. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can only use these colors or do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what a DJing to a request list is. It's like here's the restraint. Like these are the songs we want to hear. Mm -hmm. So to me, that's a challenge. Um, put these songs together in a way that makes sense, mm -hmm. and that's a fun way to do it. Yeah, I I really think it is. That's what I do with uh, tattoos. Um, you know, like and and I I like that more mm -hmm. than um, personally than doing my own thing. Yeah, um, you might think a Tasmanian devil tattoo is totally stupid, but if that's what your client wants, like you know, I'll you can refuse coolest. to do it, but you can also take it as a challenge to how do I make this Tasmanian devil cool? I mm -hmm. wouldn't. I wouldn't flat out refuse at this point. I would sane. I would tell them about three other artists that I know that might do it better, mm -hmm. have them look, and if they still want me, mm -hmm. then I would make it the coolest that I could possibly make exactly. it. Exactly. It's DJing. So, yes. It's the same thing. Yes. Yeah. yes. But I like the fact that there's something we're, about we're that. Bands in general. Like, yeah. We love you, and we think you guys are a great band. We've got uh, this little dinner jazz club going on down here mm -hmm. and we'd love to have you and it's like we don't play jazz right but i know this really killer jazz band you might want no no no, no. we want you guys to do it all right it's 
Okay. It's going to be the worst jazz you ever heard, but you know? it is going to be true quote-unquote jazz. Yeah. That's I mean, when you can just play whatever you want that doesn't go together and you just call it jazz. Yeah. Well, it you know, I, I gave this advice recently to somebody that um, that is breaking into art more and more and more. And uh, he said he sent somebody my way and he said they wanted a portrait. But he does photography. And I said, are you sure that they don't want, like, they call that a portrait still, mm-hmm. even if it's a photograph. I was like, are you sure that they don't want, like, you know, a, a portrait that you've done? I said, I wouldn't question it. Like, if anybody comes to you and wants your work, just set up a consultation. I was like, right away. Mm-hmm. Like, because within the consultation, you'll get to the nitty gritty of it. And then you can mm-hmm. find that out. And if they're unclear about what you do, they'll find out real quick that they're unclear. But, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I said, you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't like refuse the work before you're very clear on what they're asking. For, yes. You know, mm-hmm. um, because they know why they're hiring you. You might not, but mm-hmm. they know. And that's kind of what I like about it. Is there something that's specific um, about me? And I would imagine with being a DJ that that's the same with you is that it's become very specific um, mm-hmm. in terms of how you do it. Um, you get referrals. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, before I, you know, uh, there's always a conversation that I have with the, the couple who's looking to hire a DJ where it's a, it's a consultation. It's the same thing. Yeah. I explain this is, you know, how can I answer any questions you have? And this is how I DJ a wedding. Right. And it's that, you know, it's basically a do we think it, it's a consultation. Like, this is what we want. Is that what you do? Right. And if they wanted something that was different than what I do, like I explained that, like, you know, I mix like this. I right. don't, I am not on the microphone all the time. Right. I let the music do the work. I don't teach people dances. Right. You know what I mean? Like, um, are there people who teach dances? That was a whole big thing about really? wedding DJs used to do that when they were the MC and the DJ or, oh. um, like it used to be a thing and it, yes, it sounds cheesy because it's cheesy. Uh, and people used to do that. Like, that would be part of the entertainment. They it were the sense. entertainment. We're going to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Here's the electric yeah. slide. Hey, they're, they would see their job as trying to get people on the dance floor right. and have a good time. Right. And I don't know. Like, so if you can, if you encourage people to get on the dance floor by interacting with them, that's one way you can do it. Right. Or you can just play songs that people like to dance to. Right. That's my approach. I'm not saying one way is wrong or not right. I'm not no. saying their idea is not right. No, no, no. It doesn't that's why you have the, ex- the, con- the consultation with them. You explain, that's not the way I do that. And some people right. don't want that guy to right. DJ their wedding because they think he's corny. Right. You know what I mean? They just want the guy who's going to play the music they love so them and their friends can dance all the songs they love and have a great time all night long. I mean, I wouldn't call a cover band any less... Uh, artful or musical. No, there's nothing wrong with the cover band. And you just got to do it well. Yeah. You know, like all of it is do it well. People don't hate cover bands. They just hate shitty cover bands. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. (laughs) I think like, I don't know, maybe that is just me because I enjoy watching musicians perform. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially when they do it well together. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, definitely. What is, um, well, we we jumped around a little bit. Um, You went from military, you did Mm -hmm. solo. Yeah, so in the military, there wasn't, you know, a lot of um, opportunities for music. I mean, there would be things like, you would meet other people in your command. Like, I was in an aircraft squadron, so that was like, we're talking 200 people 
that all live in close proximity and all travel for work together. Right. Um, and there would be a couple musicians in that squadron. And so you might meet some people that you jam with. I ended up um, having some friends who all had a band together. Right on. Um, but, like, you know, I wasn't in the band or part of it. So I wasn't a part of the band. But I would, like, go with them to their shows and stuff. Aww. You know what I mean? Um yeah, once I got in the military, like very soon, um, being it, I was in uh, training school. Okay. Um, you know, I didn't take anything with me to boot camp or school. I didn't have a guitar. Right. But that was one of the very first things I bought after I had a chance to go to a place <laughs> and spend this money that I wasn't nice. able to spend the last couple of months. Nice. Uh, a guitar, I couldn't help it, especially yeah. once I would get to school and there'd be some dude sitting in the courtyard playing a guitar in front of all the chicks and I'd be like, damn. I want that. I know how to play a guitar, too. <laughs> I need Jen. to go to a guitar center. She's just shaking her head. She's like, men. <laughs> no, it's so true. It's so true. <laughs> so, yeah, and then after that, I always had my guitar with me where I, where I went. Yeah. But I wasn't playing with people, but I was still playing. You know what I mean? Keeping like, practice. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm sure it was cathartic, too, because it was something that was just yours in mm -hmm. a sea of orders. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> do this. And not there, everybody you know? can do it. Like, yeah, you know, absolutely. I think that's really cool. So after, after you got out and everything. So after I got out of the military, very soon after that. So before I had gone into the military, as part of my musician days was going to open mic nights. Oh, like, right you know, the first bands I was in, you know. That's ballsy. We didn't know how to book shows, but we knew that they had things called open mic nights and you could just show up and oh you can play God. anything you want. So that sounds like the gauntlet. We to me. started doing that like every week. We would go down to the eight by ten in Baltimore. That's punk it's rock. It's now as hell. called some. Maybe it's called something else, or it used to be called something else. The something box, the funk box. Maybe they call it that now. Anyways, down on Cross Street or near Cross Street, near Mother's, oh. used to be called the eight by ten. But they oh, yeah, had yeah, open yeah. mic night every yes. Monday, and I know the we 8x10. went there for every week for a very long time. Wow. Um. And that's where we, you know, we learned how to be a band in front of people. Wow. Which is very valuable. Even though we would always end up playing very late because we were the new people on the scene and very loud. Mm -hmm. That's the way we played. So we would always end up being playing late at night. But we did that for a long time. We would just, we put in, this is the thing I've been thinking about in the, up the past week leading up to this. It's apprenticeship. <laughs> Good. It's like you got to in... When you're beginning something, an apprenticeship or something, and you're hoping it'll be something bigger down the road, you have to put in the suck time. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. You have, it's paying, you know, it's called many things. It's called paying your dues. Um, earning it. Earning mm, it. You know. Yeah. Putting in your time. It's called many different things. Embrace the suck. Embrace, yes. <laughs> uh, but in the music world, that is something like playing an open mic night in front of Nobody except the bartenders at two in the morning because that's the only shot you got. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And eventually, I mean, eventually you do that enough times and people see you keep coming back and you mean it and you're real about it. You put in the, the suck and the time. They're like, and we would get moved up earlier in the night into the primetime right. slots. When I would think too, but it didn't happen right away. You had to put that in. I wouldn't think it would just simply because each place has just different acoustics. Mm -hmm. They have different, you know, uh, 
area for you to be on. I would imagine a smaller stage is probably easier to command than a huge one. Oh, yeah. you got to move yeah. if you have a big stage. Like, you mm-hmm. can't just be in one place. That's how, like, small bands go from being... Not every band moves up to that big stage right. um, level because right. it's another layer of things. Of a, It's another layer of putting on a show right. that not everybody can do. Like the mm-hmm. learning how to use that whole giant stage is a whole other level of yeah. technique. Absolutely. So, And that's the thing is that like I, I would imagine the more you put in, the more you know that stage, that yeah. acoustics. You can mm-hmm. make adjustments as you're there. I mean, you learn how to put on a show. Like it either yeah. comes to you naturally or or you can be taught it or you just don't get it. You know Can you I mean? see people when you're up there? Because it seems like it's very blinding. Um, like individual people, not so much. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. You can kind of just see like the wave of bodies. You And you feel the energy. And yeah. And you can see gotcha. how people are. You can see a general way of how people are responding. Gotcha. Yeah. Like movement versus no movement definitely looks very different. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yes. Like cheering versus crickets sound very different. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And the energy, it's, at least to me, it, it feels different. Like I could mm-hmm. tell when the people in the place we were playing were enjoying what's going on and when they weren't. It mm. just it feels different. You know what I mean? You can feel that energy of like, oh yeah. it either feels like, oh, God, nobody wants us here. Or it feels like, Oh God, weird gods. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. We're doing great. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, it's the same. I, I I've only been able to register it in conversations. Like mm-hmm. I can feel the awkward tension in conversation, and like when there's that deadness, and mm-hmm. you know, or there's just like a you know, and somebody you can feel their mm-hmm. whole body like tense up or mm-hmm. whatever when you say some certain things, like that I can register. But yeah, like not really much with an audience because um, I've never done, I've well, I can't say never. I've done mm-hmm. small speaking engagements, mm-hmm. but I've never done, I mean, what you talk about with an open mic, mic, open mic night sounds like, you know, going and doing a comedy skit. and then, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Open mic is the same thing as like an shit. open mic in comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's daunting, dude. Yeah. Like, we put on an open mic night because we have... Because it's Monday night and nobody's coming the fuck out anyway. Yeah. We're not going to, you know what I mean? Yeah. We're not going to lose any more money than we're already losing. Yeah. Um, some of your idiot friends might come out, so we might sell an extra beer or two. Yeah. Um, nobody really cares what you're about to do. That's why it's an open mic. If anybody gave a shit, they wouldn't give you a live mic. Um, well, that's kind of nice in you know some I mean? ways. Yeah, that's kind of nice in some it's ways. It's not going to be on a Friday night when anybody cares. <laughs> There's n- never been in the history of the world open mic Friday night. I, I don't know. And if there has, like, I don't know. I've never been to it. It's very independently wealthy club. Yeah. Why <laughs> would you do your open mic on a Friday instead of getting a great act on a Friday? Right. When people, I don't know. I, I think that's uh, it's really neat uh, to do something like yeah. that. Really, really neat. Now, did you have any pre-fight hype kind of thing, like things that you would do before you got on stage to psych yourself up? Uh, not. I wouldn't say not really. Just be nervous. Like, and even still in DJing, sometimes with weddings, like I'm not really close to settle until after ceremony's over. Right. You know what I mean? Because like, ceremony's the one you can't get back and that nobody's gonna forget about. Right. Like once we get to dancing. The dancing, post-dinner dancing, like, I can, you can train wreck a mix, like, I still, like, will hit the wrong button, like, the worst part, and I know there's a setting in my software to stop this from happening, but I'll have a song playing on, on one side, 
um, and I'm scrolling through my library, uh, finding, looking for the next song. And I, I, you know, all right, that's the one I want. Click on the button, and then all of a sudden it switches right to that song while the other one's still playing. It's because I'm an idiot and loaded it onto the wrong deck. Oh, no. There should be a setting that doesn't let me do that. Yes. Anyway, you can make a mistake. You can train wreck a mechs, but people will forget about that train wreck if they had a good effing time. Yes. But if the one ceremony they ever had for getting married, like, you effed something up. Yes. Or a first dance, you know what I mean? Like, uh, that's the one thing that's that I remember it. is, like, the ceremony was great until the DJ played the wrong song at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I am never settled until... I don't start to get settled till after ceremony. I still get nervous. Like, that's the only thing pre-going pre on stage. You get nervous. You know you still care when you're right. getting a little bit nervous. Oh, yeah. I was wondering if, like... So I would imagine for me, like, when I'm doing a tattoo, mm -hmm. a big thing for me is setting up my... my my setup. Oh yeah. Like setting up the gear and mm -hmm. things like that. And I kinda I kinda talk with my client as I'm setting up the gear mm -hmm. and I let them see me. You probably do it. do it the exact same way, yeah. the exact same order every time. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like a either that or it's just it, it's it's You're running through your checklist to make sure you have everything yeah. you're going to need before right. you start. Right. And it's just same like thing. one of those things that kind of gets me into that okay yes we're, it gets you into this. a we're about to do a tech mm -hmm. we're about to go live yeah uh, <laughs> now it, i would imagine too like because uh, a wedding is so much like a a tattoo in that respect because it is that one moment but mm -hmm. if you mess it up it's yeah it's there yeah don't 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 tattoo no regrets on somebody no. or no you <laughs> nobody's ever gonna forget or they'll regret it yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, double check you double know what check. I mean measure well, once cut twice they, well and like, that's what I was going to get to do you have a lot of check three times if you're a tattoo artist yeah like do you spend the night before you know you're about to do one like how how does that like, yeah so yeah. It generally sometime within the week there will be a time where I sit down and go through and put all the songs into my software in, in a folder in playlist right and so I will go through the paperwork we have where, you know, they went into the computer and they entered all the stuff they wanted for everything. And then I take that and be like, here's the songs I need for ceremony in this order. Right. You know what I mean? And I just go through that and and make basically playlists for here's the ceremony, all the songs in this order. And then here's our formalities, our intros, first dances, parent dances. Wow. All in that order. And then generally there will be like, okay, he, uh, these are the must play songs, the play if possible songs, and the do not playlist. Right. And I just, yeah, so I, it's a ritual of going through every week and making a folder for every client with playlists of these are the songs in this order. What is the number one song asked for and the number one do not? Um, <laughs> I would guess I would say, like, number one asked for is hard because it probably... It sounds like it would be, Yeah, because there's so many. But I would say the one song that I've played the most these days is I Want to Dance with Somebody by Whitney Houston. Hmm. Always works. Goes wow. up all the time. That's I would say... That's a good one. Probably if I was looking at my software right now, I would think that the, the ones I'm playing weddings more often now are always that one. Dancing Queen mm -hmm. by Abba. I play that a lot. Um, but yeah, those would be the top two for sure. And then after that, there's just like songs that I know that work well but aren't always on a request list or thing. 
And that's another thing. A song might be somebody's number one must play, but also somebody's number one do not playlist. Right. Because music uh, appreciation is subjective. Yes. Well, then there's also music that is appreciated, but you can't dance to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, Same like, thing. There's there's a lot of those where you're just like, okay, let's guess we're just going to jump. Yeah, that's why we jump. have that's <laughs> why we have cocktail hour and yes. dinner yes. for those songs that you love that are not dance floor bangers. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh-huh. I really like that. <laughs> yeah. There's a time and place for any song. Now, were you, I don't know the timeline, where you, you were DJing when you contacted Amy and me, right? I was starting you to just starting get to. into it. Yeah. Right that now. was that was about the time where like uh, the band I was in had broken up. Like I didn't have that side gig anymore going on. Um, I haven't really started with the DJ company yet, but it was about the same time that I started. Um, so I thought I got the idea I should be a wedding DJ. So I started looking around. What are some? What are some DJ companies in this area? Wedding DJ companies in this area, and do they have a contact us to be a DJ page so, on their yeah. website? So I started, you know, googling Baltimore wedding DJs, and then. You get a Google list and you go through every website until you find one that says, be a part of the team. And then when you find that one, you send them an email and see what happens. (laughs) That's awesome. And that's pretty much it. I sent an email and the dude was like, all right, uh, well, this is our, you know, this is the way we do it. We, we're going to have you come shadow for some events. Shadow is the same thing as intern. Yes. You come, it's the same thing as interning with tattoos. Right. You come here and... Uh, get an idea if you think this would be something you like. It's a trial period. Right. It's a expose you to what's going on and what you need to do, what is expected of you. Right. Um, and would you like doing those things? Because if you would hate doing those things and you would rather just DJ all the songs that you love, then now we know this isn't for you. This isn't for you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, and so did it was a whole like an, season of that. It was like an entry level kind of like. Yeah, well, there, well it's also not. Anything expected of you except gotcha. to show up and not look like a train wreck. That's pretty when cool. When you got there. That's pretty so, cool. And you learned a lot of things, I remember, off of Skillshare too, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of stuff off of Skillshare. Like anything, that's the thing with the internet and YouTube these days. Anything you want to know, somebody is either will tell you about it for free or put a whole lot of time into making a course that you can follow along with right. for a little bit of money or yeah. a lot of bit of money depending on what they believe it's worth. Yeah. I do feel like um, you do pick up those little things, though, along in practice. Everybody, like, I've been through many different DJ and music production courses, and everybody does things a little bit differently. And every time I go through a different one, I pick up a little something different, like, oh, that's cool. this person does that different than this other person, but that's still another way to do it. And, you know, which way might I, like, you know, very cool. Try different ways and see if that's the way you like to do it. All right, diary listeners, that's part two with Chuck Nunn, or Nun Chuck, as we like to call him. Please check back next week for the conclusion. Wishing everyone a great week. Thanks for listening. You can find the Apprenticeship Diaries on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Our IG is the underscore apprenticeship underscore diaries. If you would like to offer constructive criticism or an interview, drop us an email at theapprenticeshipdiaries at gmail.com. We We look look forward forward to hearing from from our listeners. listeners.